I don't b really believe in negative events. I believe that negative events, quote unquote, negative events are actually, I call them God's pivots. Uh, you know, the universe is actually aligning you on some level with the skill set you need to go forward to your greater purpose. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And as you know, this is the Pay It Forward community. Listen, guys, no matter what is going on in your life, if you're having a hard time, if you're struggling, if you're having a hard time building relationships, you're having a hard time gaining more resources in the form of cash, money, or just connections and building your network, whatever it is, here's my suggestion to you. And this is so simple, something you can do right now, today, immediately after listening to this episode. If you want more quality connections and networks in your life, then go on social media or pick up the phone and call somebody and connect two people that will be able to benefit from each other's resources, each other's skills, just each other in general. By you taking the time to connect two people who do not know each other at this point in time, they will be able to somehow develop a relationship and even help and pay it forward within their communities and help them in their business or in their life or whatever the case may be. They are always going to remember that. And it will always come back to you. Now, all you have to do is do that three, five, ten times a day and notice the quality of your connections and network over the course of time. You want more love in your life? Give more love. You want more money in your life? Give more resources, not just money, times, treasures, and talent. But here's the even more amazing thing about giving to others and paying it forward. If you're down, if you're having a hard time, when you go out and give something of yourself to others, times, treasures, or talent, you are going to feel absolutely amazing. I promise you that. But here's the thing. When you reach one hand out to give, don't put the other one out to receive. Or don't turn that same hand over to receive. Give and walk away. Give and walk away with no expectation of anything in return. And one way that you can give right now today, or at least as, as soon as you get done listening to this episode, is share men of abundance with others. Those that you share this with are going to come back and thank you. And I personally thank you as well. Now today I'm talking with a veteran action film villain, author, screenwriter, producer, global ent entertainment teacher, and director. His career has spanned more than 170 hit action films and television shows. He has been killed, beat up, or jailed by nearly every leading actor on Earth and in outer space, such as Sean Connery, Naomi Watts, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steven Seagal, Chow Yun-Fat, Bruce Willis, Christopher Walken, Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, and many others. 
He has also been the leading actor for directors such as Steven Spielberg and Chuck Russell, just to name a few. His recent projects include films he has acted in, written, directed, and or produced, such as Blackwater, Nightwalk, Active Shooter, and Catalyst. Volume 1 of his memoir, Dying for a Living, Sins and Confessions of a Hollywood Villain and Libertine Patriot, just released and can be purchased on Amazon. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Patrick Kilpatrick. Patrick, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Thank you very much. It's nice to be with you. It's great to finally get you on. We've had some uh, little mishaps here and there, but technology and all kinds of other scheduling stuff. But hey, you know what? We figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a universal timing to everything. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So where are, you, where are you talking from in the world? Where are you at? I'm talking uh, from Los Angeles, uh, an area of Los Angeles called Hancock Park. And we just had the snow moon here. So, you know, it's kind of a full moon situation out here. Yeah, it's been kind of heavy out here, too. It's pretty pretty nice to see that full moon out there, especially over the water. It's absolutely gorgeous. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I envy you that. I'm, I'm, where I live is very central uh, to everything. So. I, uh, it's kind of born out of the time where I needed to get to the studios, um, any studio in any direction, so I can do that from here. I actually live in a landmark building that was owned by Mae West her whole life. Oh, no kidding. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a landmark building here in Los Angeles called the Ravenswood, and, uh, mm. and uh, it's, it's served me really well to be here. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, I'm excited to have you on, man, and have this conversation. I'd like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, brother. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, that's a really, really good question. Um, I certainly have the Medicare and Screen Actors Guild that I'm grateful <laughs> for, medical coverage. I was talking to uh, probably the preeminent show business photographer today, and they just don't have any coverage, you know, uh, their health coverage. And so, so many people don't have that. And I'm very blessed that way. I'm very blessed that my, and grateful my children are doing well. And, uh, my lady Heidi is, is doing really, really well. Um, so we're all healthy and, um, I'm extremely grateful for that. I'm grateful for the success of the book and, uh, in the midst of polishing volume two, and uh, planning to go to um, uh, Cartagena, Colombia in May as a break after the polish period. So I'm really grateful for that, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're going to get into your book here in just a minute, man. And, and it's just super exciting. But you bring up a very good point that a lot of guys don't think about when you start talking about living a life of abundance. And everybody, even just today, I was having a conversation with a guy uh, who was looking at a job because one of my friends posted a, a uh, construction type job for heavy machinery down in the Phoenix area. One guy replied back and said, how much is the job? How, you know, how much is the pay? And there's a guy that I know. So I said, look, guy, you need to be asking more questions. It's not just the pay, it's the benefits, is their medical, because that's a dangerous job. You know, stuff like that you really need to consider when you start talking about having a well-rounded financial uh, a world of abundance in your life, right? Well, you know, I, um, I always, as working as an actor for many years now, 
uh, over three decades. I, I and I had uh, two sons and a family that I was uh, helping to raise and all of that. And I never uh, I, I never really was much of a saver. Um, uh, so I'm very, very grateful to the Screen Actors Guild for this medical coverage and uh, the benefits that they give me. And before that, I worked as a writer for big corporations in uh, New York. And yes, they always had health benefits and uh, things like expense accounts and things like that. And that allows you to live very much better uh, and a higher quality than a lot of people are able to do so. I, I frankly uh, don't know how people do it because it, particularly as you get older, the health care is very, very vital. Um, for me, uh, having done so many action movies and so many of my own stunts, I had to deploy that health care a lot of times yeah. uh, to, to resurrect myself. So I've always been grateful for that. I'm very great. I'm very grateful for my Jaguar. <laughs> you know, I put my kids through college with three Priuses. And so when I finished that, I, I got myself a Jaguar. And what a superb engineering experience that car is. So um, uh, I'm just grateful I'm healthy and still vital and relevant and having a good time as a writer and an actor when I work. That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, and, uh, and congrats on the Jag, man. That's that's a uh, you know great thing to do once you get the kids out and stuff like that. And I just can't understand how I I know it's hard for young families to even get started without all that stuff in place. All the insurance was talking about. Well, listen, Patrick. You know we already know that you're just this amazing, you know, veteran actor, villain, uh, author, screenwriter, producer, just doing amazing things out there. But aside of all that professional stuff. Let's get a little bit personal. How would you describe yourself? Well, I started out dying for a living saying, I am not a noble man. And I'm, I, I, I am not a moral man. Um, I'm, uh, I'm ending up volume two with, I am a noble creature. So there's a bit of an arc there. Um, I'm really talking about all of us. Um, God, how would I describe it? I, I generally try to let other people do that situation. I, I'm, uh, I'm most proud of my work ethic and um, the love and respect of my sons and the woman that I'm involved with. And I've got a large circle of acquaintances and some of whom are closer friends. Uh, so um, I'd like to think I've... Uh, tried to do the right thing uh, at every juncture um, not always when I was younger but have, have found my way to um, whatever nobility we're able to summon uh, as human beings um, I'd say I'm pretty fully engaged in the political life of my country and um, <clears throat> the world of current events that we're existing in um, I try to treat people generously. Uh, I've always uh, tried to be very generous, um, it, whether it's a small thing of servers when you're getting a meal or whether employees or um, people that you work with. I really don't think you can take it with you. So I try to be as generous as I possibly can with uh, the people who come into contact with me. 
Yeah, that's pretty impressive, man. And now, uh, thanks for sharing that. I know it's not, it's not always easy for people to uh, mention that themselves. Like you said, other people do that well for you. But that's why I like to ask that question. To you know, it's a little bit of thought process going on there, and I really appreciate you uh, giving us that. One of the things that I've always been interested in, and specifically with your frame of work, and specifically with the characters that you've played over the years, you know, being the villain. One of the things that got me thinking about this question was years ago. When the movie um, Stranger Than Fiction came out and it's an author writing a book and the character is she's basically telling the story of a live character. But basically she kills people for a living, at least in her mind. And uh, and then I think about somebody like, say, like Heath Ledger, for instance, who played this heinous, just crazy character as the Joker in the in the Batman movies and ends up taking his life. And I don't know if any of that's correlated, but my question is. How do you differentiate from the character? Because you really have to get to be really good as you are into that character. You really have to put yourself in that frame of mind. How do you differentiate that from that in real life? Well, you know, um, you have really good questions. Um, The truth is you become much more adept at that, at separating things uh, as you go along and become more skilled and masterful in your craft, um, young actors uh, sometimes carry those things over a, a, li- a little bit uh, longer. Uh, I, me personally, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm not a serial killer by any stretch of the imagination. And actually, the people that play villains uh, that I've competed against or been friends with or, or come in contact with over the many years I've done as acting are really the nicest of people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very, very separate deal. Uh, you, you do the research so that, you know, you read everything there possibly you can get a hold of about a particular set of circumstances, whether it's serial killer killing or I just played a pedophile priest in a movie that's coming out called Catalyst. And then that research is not the doing of it, but you manifest that research in your actions and, and everything in the in the um, the performance. Um, I think uh, I'm always amused by sometimes the closeness of those people's pathologies to the pathology that runs around in all of us, whether it's in overeating or smoking or drinking or whatever. There, there's a great similarity to that. It all sort of comes out of isolation and lack of nurturing, usually when you're young, and then uh, an abdication of self-accountability as you get a little bit older. Um, I don't have a great deal of difficulty separating the characters that I play from my personal life. Um, Now, I know there's some method people that carry that, do it 24-7, but to some extent, I I, I make fun of that uh, circumstance in my book, Um, I talk about Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, the, Daniel Day-Lewis is a superb actor, but his world is doing a movie once every two or three years. Uh, if you're a working actor and they tell you to be a Serbian, you're a Serbian 20 minutes later. Uh, and, and if they tell you to cry, you cry on the drop of a hat. So um, Daniel Day-Lewis was on... Um, 
Charlie Rose before the sexual harassment fall of Charlie. And the, uh, he was talking about how, how, Charlie asked him, how did you get the voice that you used in There Will Be Blood? And he said, I recorded little bits of dialogue every day for months, uh, eight months, and I sent them to the, the director, and finally we came up with Well, I, I hear stuff like that, I have to laugh, because uh, for me, it was the same voice he used in Gangs of New York, and also, if I have to come up with a dialect, uh, any working actor who has to come up with a dialect can come up with a dialect in 10 minutes. So... Um, it's just what you get used to. A race car driver gets used to going 220 miles an hour, and that's a normality for him. If you're a working actor, you're separating yourself in and out of different kinds of people very, very rapidly. Like you'll go to a meeting and they'll say, well, you did a great job on that, but we want you to read this other part. So you come back 20 minutes later and you're a completely different person. You're not taking a lot of that stuff home with you. Um, and the truth is, you know, whether you're an Academy Award winning actor or you're uh, a working actor or whatever, once you finish, you're a father, you're uh, uh, a lover, a husband, whatever, and you have to conduct those things. I think in the case of Keith Ledger, he just was exhausted. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think one of my greatest strengths is I was able to, because of athleticism, an athletic background, uh, <clears throat> some of which had to do with a car accident that I had. And so I learned about a uh, resurrection of my physicality after doing my own stunts or fighting all day and massage and chiropractic and all of that, that I was able to put myself back together. I think in the case of Keith Ledger, you know, he had done such a tremendously demanding job that, you know, he's drinking coffee to get up. He's taking pills to sleep. He's smoking. He's maybe drinking on top of that. So that's a recipe for disaster. If he had gone for a Caribbean vacation after the Joker, Joker instead of right into another movie, he might be still with us. Hmm. So you got to learn how to adopt day-to-day, -day very healthy habits. You know, you can't find your sanctuary in drink or drugs or uh, sex or cake or whatever it is. You know, you've got to have some self-discipline about it. Yeah, I totally get that. And one of the things that I've done in the past and I do now to a certain extent is um, I was a master resiliency trainer for the Army. And I found a lot of that, you know, a lot of folks, like you said, some people deal with it better than others. Some people deal with going into kicking in doors in Iraq and Afghanistan and then coming back home and being just fine. Others just lose their mind. They just can't they can't un turn that off they had they stay in that environment and they then they become adrenaline junkies and all kinds of crazy stuff or you know turn to alcohol drugs you name it so yeah i can i totally see that i think and, and thanks for bringing me that perspective because it's something i've always considered when it came to acting because i just know you got to put yourself in a mindset that's really is you can just see the level of professionalism um at the way you put it being able to <laughs> go do one scene and then come back and do a completely different character is unbelievable i'm always impressed with that well that's what we teach young people when we're or older people uh too i mean i've got uh one gal who's 60 years old and she never stops working that studies with me but the um the truth is you get better and better at that when you do an audition or a performance your adrenaline like those guys in war is racing 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 
Um, and you just come back at modulating your instrument so that the second you're done, you can yourself back down. Because the director may be talking to you and giving you some instruction, and you've got to be able to listen. And if, you're, if your adrenaline is going 90 miles an hour, you're not going to be absorbing as well as you might. Uh, you can bring your breathing down and all of that. I think the chemicals that go into God. Have you ever read On Killing by Colonel Dave Grossman? No, I haven't. It's a great book, and given your background, I think you'd really like it. He's kind of the foremost authority on the effects of combat on people, and uh, he's written two great books, On Killing and On Combat, and also Sebastian Younger um, uh, wrote a great book, the guy who wrote Perfect Storm. He wrote a great book called War, and he he lived with a, a company of uh, Marines, um, I believe it's Marines, it may have been soldiers, Army in, in Afghanistan for a year. And they talk about the chemicals, uh, the, the, the endorphins, the adrenaline chemicals that are being injected into soldiers uh, when they're facing combat situations. And as you say, coming back and looking for that same high, uh, and, and the effect that that has on people. There's a lot of ra self-rationalization that goes to that. You know, a lot of actors, they do a great job, and maybe they've got a family at home, and then they say, well, you know, I deserve to be able to have this mistress, or I deserve to have this kind of thing. There's this sort of self-rationalization that goes on. When in fact, oh, or I deserve to go and eat that whole coconut cake. <laughs> <laughs> You know, of course you do. The, the truth is you, you need to find healthy ways to reward yourself for and maintain yourself or sometimes it'll catch up with you. But we've gotten into a medical discussion here, but yeah. I talk about <laughs> a lot of it in the book. Um, and I, I, the reason I know about these things is because I've, I've felt them. I, I've, I've, I've felt the pull of these things, um, you know, um, and if you go down the wrong road, you end up, you know, like Margot Kidder or uh, a lot of people who've, and she actually had, uh, I think, some mental challenges. But, you know, a lot of people, they run into problems. And, and life is challenging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so, you know, and everybody's self-medicating themselves. Um, not always the wisest thing to do. I totally agree. And speaking of life challenges, one of the questions I like to ask all of my guests is it re references a kick in the gut moment in your life that you're willing to share with us. And I bring this up because we all have them. It's just a matter of, you know, what you do with that information and do you learn from it and move on? Or do you, some people use that and turn that into their message. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that. Well, uh, one thing that I've come to is I don't b really believe in negative events. I believe that negative events, quote unquote, negative events are actually, I call them God's pivots. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the universe is actually aligning you on some level with the skill set you need to go forward to your greater purpose. So like I broke my back in a car accident and I couldn't play sports for a long time. So but the blessings of that was I became a writer, which was a tremendous compliment to uh, an actor when I made my way to acting. But I, and I, as I mentioned, I got into 
rehabilitative exercise and restorative processes like uh, chiropractory and massage, all of which helped me a great deal when I got to all these action movies to work in. Uh, a kick in the gut moment, I mean, you know, my mother had a, 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 a very uh, vivid affair that I witnessed uh, with my baseball coach uh, and football coach in high school, and uh, it, it threw me for a loop. Um, uh, I certainly wasn't willing to follow her moral guidance after that when she, she had uh, betrayed my father, who I uh, felt was the finest man I'd ever known. So um, I had to find my own way to a moral code after that. Um, that was certainly a kick in the, uh, the gut moment. Um, you know, I think as actors uh, and, and actually just people, we're always being hit with corporations, businesses, institutions, whatever they are. They function for their own self-perpetration and advancement. So the individual is sometimes treated uh, very poorly by, and uh, my business is just one example. Um, I know that they're gonna, you're going to be a cog in the machine somehow. And so you've got to have the restorative capabilities and the, the vision of yourself to, uh, to be able to recover from those those batterings to your self-esteem. Um, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're Cary Grant. It doesn't matter if you're me or whether you're anybody. My business, like almost all corporations and things, sooner or later they're going to feel like they're done with you. So you better have a skill set that uh, allows you to continue to make yourself uh, reinvent yourself, continue to... Uh, to expand your skill set, to continue to make yourself find a happiness in life uh, that these outer institutions are not necessarily going to provide you. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's true in so many different industries, everything from the military, sports, exactly. corporate world. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to chew you up and spit you out because they're about the you know, betterment of their organization in the long haul. Yeah, yeah. remember the great movie with Nick Nolte, North Dallas 40, you know, when he was playing football in the NFL. And I was about to say the military, you know, the military uses, they, they grind people up. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and, and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. We'd like to think that these institutions function on a, a somewhat of a humanist and a just manner, and we should strive for that. But you can't count on that. So you better have your own. So I think a lot of that comes from a spiritual life. Um, if you're looking for external, you, you have to find something. You could call it God or the universe or whatever, but you're going to have to um, ask for help from the universe sooner or later. And that's a, a, a way to do it. And I think that's always available to us. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it's available on demand. If you, but it, it's a learned skill I've learned over the years, uh, because when I, as I'm talking to men and I work a lot with men uh, in various areas of their life, uh, it it just becomes more and more clear to me that not everybody has the same knowledge and the same wisdom to be able to come out of situations or to be prepared for certain situations. So it, it's it's a 
it's a, I think it's a learned skill, and it's important to, like you said, have different venues to make your own happiness. Uh, and, you know, because things are going to happen, and sometimes they're going to be out of your control. But you can always control your own mind and where you are uh, and what state you're in mentally. I agree, and, you know, some of it is genetics. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, there are some cultures that foster uh, that, whether you call it a warrior spirit or a self-reliance or whatever uh, that that foster all of that. I've been reading a wonderful book by Jim Webb, you know, the guy who ran for president was governor of Virginia mm-hmm. and uh, uh, called Born Fighting. And it's a, it's an examination of the Scotch-Irish uh, and Scottish heritage as it, as it applies. And some of that, you know, those people were just... Um, it's a very interesting book because it shows uh, it ties right into sort of the kinds of people who elected Trump uh, mm-hmm. from, from uh, Appalachian states and other um, uh, working class states. This sort of self-reliance and bottom up, um, bottom up uh, anti-authoritarianism, if you would, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I think that's it's the duty of a father and a mother to, to try to instill those things in kids. And you get that by loving them and self-sacrifice yourself. I always say you, you can't get, you know, one thing I've tried to in production teams is to get um, what I call Navy SEAL um, self-sacrifice, you know, um, uh, so that a team is actually functioning. Uh, for the the existence of the team and not just the individual. The only way you can get that is by being that kind of person yourself. Right. You, you, you can't expect it of others if you're not. In the same way, you can't expect a good relationship with your partner, your spouse, or whatever, unless you're uh, being that good relationship type of person yourself. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Well, Patrick, we're at the part of the show where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders where I ask a couple quick questions and you just give me, you know, your your perspective on it. You ready to do that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today in reference to some of what we've been talking about here. And it, after this session here, I also want to get into your book, Dying for a Living, and, you know, who that's for and stuff like this. We're going to get to that as well. What would I say to our leaders? Um, I'd say, you know, to continually look to the self-sacrifice of the founding fathers. If you look at um, people like Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and the people who signed the Declaration of Independence, those people stake their life, their liberty, and their fortunes on uh, the survival and thriving of an idea, which was that all men were created equal, that um, that it was the, the purpose of government to provide a space where people could realize their in- individual potential. That's broad strokes and science, science kind of preponderance but if, if you hold on to that that as you're deciding your daily decisions whether you're in the supreme court or you're in the uh the senate the congress or whatever the president then i think things would become uh, a much more 
benevolent society and as well as a, as a, a strong society. So that's basically what I would say. I mean, I always return to those guys who did it on their own, uh, whereas rather than reaching for the greed and the other things that so many uh, of our leaders seem to be reaching for. And I'm not talking about anybody specific. I'm just talking about, um, you know, there's too much egotism and too much narcissism in what a lot of government leaders are doing nowadays, I think. What are some of the main rituals that make the biggest impact in your life, things that you do on a daily basis? Well, I mentioned athleticism. Uh, there's no question that that creates positive chemicals in your your body. I, I've always eaten uh, purchased, because I think what we purchase is a very powerful action, but I've always purchased organic uh, products and things like that, that I think not only does that serve me, but it serves the environment and uh, the world we live in, and it's in, in many ways gives money to the good guys uh, who are creating products. Um, I certainly should pray more, um, and I'm acutely aware of the value of it. I don't do it as much as I should. Um, but uh, meditation and visualizations are things that I should do more of, personally. Um, I go shooting a lot, and that's kind of my golf. And for me, that's a med meditation, you know, competitive, and like a sporting clay shooting. Um, I always feel better when I've come back from doing something like that. And primarily to get to nature, whether it's the ocean or the woods or the forest or whatever, to get out and nature is just a tremendous healer and can stabilize a lot of mental and physical uh, ills. I, I have my own creative work, and that isolates me from a lot of psychological and economic uh, travail, you know, difficulties. Mm -hmm. So I, I always urge other people to create that. You know, a lot of people say, what do you do when you go to an audition or a meeting and you're dying for that part and you're waiting? Well, I'm never waiting. The moment I step out of that place, I'm back to my creative life, whether it's writing or uh, helping another project to happen or teaching. That's awesome. And I love that you said shooting is your golf. <laughs> I, I much prefer being on the on the on the firing range than on the uh, golf. Uh, well, I, I'm a, I, I, you know, I, I've taken some lessons of golfing mm -hmm. when I was like shooting a television show in Hawaii and it was kind of fun, but it's not for me. I'm a shooter yeah. and I, I, I love doing it. And not only that, but I've established a lot of really great, great, not only business, but friend relationships with people through that. So it is just like golf, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of deals met, get made in golf. Well, I've raised a lot of money for films uh, from guys that I established a trusting relationship with shooting and a rapport. And then uh, they were there for me when I needed to um, make a, an economic move with a film or a project or development of something. Uh, excellent. I, I dig it. So you've already mentioned a couple of great books. What other books would you recommend to our abundant leaders uh, to read and why uh, to our listeners? Well, I'm always, uh, God, let me think. I've read, at times of my life, I've read a, 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 a book a day. I've always been inspired by people like Winston Churchill. Talk about kicking the gut moments, uh, mm -hmm. World War II. And 
Winston Churchill. I've been inspired by the people who were involved in the Civil War of America, uh, uh, people from World War II. Books specifically for the entertainment business, there are, but for your leaders. Uh, how about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a good read, wouldn't it? Especially yeah, I mean, uh, just the anything that involves Winston Churchill or Teddy Roosevelt, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, yeah, George Washington. Um, right now, I'm reading simultaneously. I'm reading some stuff by Hunter Thompson, and I'm reading some stuff. Uh, cry the cry, battle cry of freedom about the Civil War, um, uh, such a defining moment and so much heroics and, and, and passion on both sides. Um, I would return to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be revisited by all, as far as I'm concerned. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Well, certainly in Ill, Ill health is a terrible, uh, it's that much more challenging when you don't have ill health. So uh, again, establish those, those habits on a daily basis. I think when uh, children, uh, and to some extent, particularly women who have not had some form of athleticism when they were younger, uh, it becomes very, very challenging because you're not getting the oxygen and the uh, endorphins and all of that that you need for a positive outlook. Um, so ill health is a big thing that holds a lot of people back. Um, I believe that where there's a will, there's a way. You know, the, I keep returning to the Navy SEALs, probably because my father was an underwater demolition team guy, but they believe that everybody um, is capable of 10 times their perceived limitations. So I, I think if you come from the mindset that where there's a will, there's a way or seek and ye shall find. And you're, you're, uh, if you can hold on to that, um, you're probably going to do much, much better. Somebody, I think uh, Winston Churchill uh, or Teddy Roosevelt said, proceed confidently and great forces will align with you and you will succeed beyond your wildest imagining. So if you uh, proceed confidently, but you have, if you can't get that, get down on your knees and say, please, God, give me some joy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel, <laughs> I definitely feel that. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Uh, I've always really valued creative freedom a lot. You know, mm. even when I was playing sports, um, they allowed me to be sort of this roving uh, middle linebacker, or they called it the monster man. So um, I was allowed to go anywhere on the field and key off whoever their best back was or their best player. Uh, so um, I'm a big believer in individual freedom. Um, for me, creative freedom. And uh, now I don't think that's always connected to economics. It's not. Sometimes a shortage of cash is a cauldron for creativity. Um, but kind of accepting where you are as being the place that the universe or God or whatever you wanted 
you want to call it, that's where you are supposed to be. And therefore, there's something valuable there that you're supposed to get from it and to thrive, not just survive, but thrive from it. Um, so uh, it's an acceptance that this is where I am. Now, where do I go from here that's going to nourish me? Uh, I'm also, to some extent, a believer that, uh, you know, we're all in destiny's hands. So um, I never made any calculation to become an actor. Um, It was the universe was guiding me from a very early age toward it. Um, So I think an acceptance of that. Uh, to not while and to be grateful, you started the conversation by what are you grateful for? That's a really good exercise to figure out what you're, what are you grateful for? So Patrick, we're going to close this up, man. But before we do, what do we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant uh, leaders, our listeners get out of this conversation today. And let's talk a little bit about your book before we uh, let everybody go here. Dying for a living. Yeah, to any leaders out there, I'd say, look, you have an opportunity to be an angel or to be less than an angel. Attempt to be an angel. Every one of us have a moment uh, that we can. I've had angels in my life, and uh, you have the possibility of being an angel to people. So try to take that with you. As far as the book, you know, uh, in all forms, it's on Amazon.com and uh, audible version, the paperback, the hardcover, uh, Kindle, Barnes and Nobles. Um, if you can't make it to uh, one of our signings around the country, and uh, you can go to patrickkilpatrick.com and you can get an autographed copy uh, from there and also be put in touch with the events where I'll be signing and uh, films that are going on and things like that. But patrickkilpatrick.com. And uh, all the, the usual portals. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. I'll have certainly your website, patrickkilpatrick.com, linked up in the show notes, guys. So don't have to worry about writing that down right now. Just go to menofabundance.com and search Patrick. You'll see the episode pop up there. And I'll have the book linked up in various forms as well in the show notes. So don't worry about that, guys. You can get it. You know, I prefer audio. <laughs> I love my audio books, man. Come you know, I, I, I've been really gratified by the response. that We have 100% five-star reviews. Um, and uh, uh, everyone who's tried, the, I, I think it helps having been an actor and done voiceover work. Uh, the audi- audible version is uh, people have really raved about it. And I'm not just saying that. Um, uh, because I, and by the way, that is a really rigorous exercise, seven days, six, seven days, six, seven hours a day of, uh, recording. That was a lot more rigorous than I expected it to be. But I also want to say volume two, uh, is, will be coming out the beginning of the summer. Um, and, uh, I hope people like that too. That's going to be all show business all the time. Excellent. So yeah, when, when that comes out, definitely make sure you reach out to me and I'll make sure I throw that link up there in the show notes in case anybody's listening to this long after uh, the summer. Sounds great. I would definitely either I or Lori, you know, Lori DeWald, yeah. the lovely lady I work with who does a fantastic job. 
um, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you uh, when that comes out as well. Absolutely, man. I look forward to that. All right, Patrick, it's been a pleasure, man. Go out, live your life of abundance, and keep paying it forward. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right. You have a great day. You too. Bye. All right, guys, I want to thank you personally, especially those of you who have been sticking around and listening to Men of Abundance from the very beginning. It has been one hell of a journey, and I greatly appreciate every single one of you, especially those of you who stick around to the end of the episode to listen to my action step uh, action steps that I give at the end of each episode, or at least I've been starting to doing for about the last, I don't know, 50 or 80 episodes. But it's been one heck of a journey. I've learned a lot. We have so much more to go. I have so many amazing men and women to talk to over the next couple months, or actually over the next six months, already listed out on my, or got on my schedule, and just so much more to come. This has been a great journey for me. It's been a growing experience. I've had the opportunity to really grow my network and connect so many different people, connect you to all the different speakers and all the different guests that I've had on the show. And I hope that you've learned some action steps and I trust that you've learned some skills and some techniques and some mindset is the biggest thing that I'm trying to get through to all of you is the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset. My goodness, man, I get on social media and I listen to the news and I saw an article today talking about how certain billionaires made their millions and why other people can't make their millions or billions because they don't have a garage or whatever the case may be. It's just ludicrous. And the fact of the matter is, guys, you've heard me say this so many times. You don't need a billion dollars. You don't need a million dollars. You don't even need a couple hundred thousand dollars to live an amazing life of abundance. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the process and the strategies of making money. I love business. I love the whole life strategy and the business strategy of living an amazing life. It's not all about money. It's about just truly finding what you enjoy doing and doing that, whether you get paid for it or not. Hey, if you get paid for it, bonus. But you don't have to get paid for your passions. You have to have passions to live an amazing life. And you do have to have a vocation that allows you to live out some of those passions. That's the difference between, for instance, Mother Teresa following her passion, not getting paid, and Bill Gates following his passion and getting paid well and doing a lot for the world. And him and Melinda Gates eradicating, you know, helping and participating in eradicating diseases and taking resources to corners of the earth that most people don't even want to go to. Melinda Gates has been there. So, you know, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to get creative. Keep listening to Men of Abundance. Share Men of Abundance. Pay it forward somehow in your community. And just live an amazing life. So again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I greatly appreciate you. Now go out and live your life of abundance. And make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.